Golf and rock and roll, not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with our special co-host tonight, Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. Thank you, Jeff, for being with us tonight. Thanks for uh, the invite. Uh, I guess it was a little bit of a last-minute thing, but we were able to push some stuff around on the schedule, and uh, glad to be here. Rich B, I had a little family outing that came up, so um, we appreciate you coming in. And uh, you're a little drier than the last time we talked. I think you were out on the wet fairways of I-4. <laughs> when, we, when we talked for our Masters show, we had a special Masters wrap-up. Yeah. And uh, we're back in our regular time slot Wednesday evenings. So uh, for all of our listeners, once in a while we uh, get bumped because of baseball or basketball. But this is this is the home for the Golf Insiders for the rest of the year. And, um, wow, great, great. I think popular win on Sunday at the RBC Heritage, Jeff, with Jim Furyk finally, finally <laughs> winning after this such painful, agonizing drought. Tenth time is a charm, right? Oh, my gosh. You know, that, that's what it was. Nine times previously, he had taken at least a share of the lead into the final round. And sometimes it was Jim making the mistake at the wrong time. Sometimes it was Jim just having a bad Sunday period. Sometimes I remember the Canadian Open last year. Jim played pretty well. Tim Clark just, just chased him down. Yeah, so that that happens. What was really interesting to me about last Sunday was what happened after the win. Is you saw the emotion that Jim had when he finally uh, was able to to win it. But then afterwards, he opened up a little bit and finally admitted just how frustrating this three year plus drought had been on him. In that uh, he just. Uh, he knew he was going to win again eventually, but you start to wonder, okay, but when is it? And how many times do I have to get pipped at the post and, and suffer heartbreak? And he, he, he's been a very staunch, uh, stiff upper lip guy through it all, but he, he let his guard down after the win. I, I call him the, you know, the pit bull of the PGA tour. Nobody, uh, no, nobody more tenacious than Jim Furyk and, you know, it wasn't like Kevin Kaisner let him off the hook very easily. I mean, that was a great finish and a great two-hole playoff. And, and Jim had to win it, draining that 12-footer. Yeah, he did. And, uh, and not only that, but Kevin Kisner had birdied the first playoff hole, putting the pressure on Furyk to put the birdie on top and take it to the second playoff hole. So there was a, there was a certain amount of drama there. And, and you know, admittedly, you 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 had to have it running through your head because of all the heartbreak before with Kisner having birdied. You just wondered, can Furyk get the putt to go in or is this going to be the latest 
heartbreak. And and to Jim's credit, he he stepped up. And Kisner's not a, a youngster. I think he's 31 from Aiken, South Carolina, and um, he opened with an eagle on the par five second hole. I mean, you know, this kid played some golf, added some birdies on the fifth and the sixth hole, and. Um, you know, he, he, he didn't, uh, he didn't fade away by any means. And, you know, this, this was the opportunity for him to have his first win. Yeah. Very, uh, very tenacious guy himself. Uh, as you mentioned, 31, not exactly, um, the young sensation. Uh, we, sometimes in golf, we, we talk about guys who are these overnight sensations, but they're overnight sensations at 37, 38. Uh, Kevin's not that old, uh, but a former University of Georgia player, South Carolina native, so very familiar with the courses and conditions in the area, and I'm sure that comfort level helped him out. He's been in contention uh, a couple times before, may- maybe not right in the heat of Sunday like he was this past time, but uh, a very, uh, a very mentally strong, tenacious player himself. Well, we've got a lot of golf to talk about this evening, including the. Uh, upcoming Zurich Classic in New Orleans, but um, wanted to take a minute to bring to the attention of our listeners a, a very special tournament that's coming up on Sunday, May the 3rd. It's uh, the Pavilion Golf Society Tournament, which is going to be played out at Aliqua Golf Club. It is, uh, this is a really unique uh, organization, Jeff. Uh, I just recently became aware of this. Um, the, it's the Jewish Pavilion, which helps to um, enrich senior lives. Many, um, you know, of us have dealt with aging parents and grandparents and have gone through the process of whether it be assisted living or, um, you know, needing care in nursing home. I know I, I've been through that process. And, you know, sometimes, fortunately for, for me, um, my family was here in, in Florida and it was easy to make visits. But for a number of you know, uh, children and, um, you know, sons and daughters, it's, it's difficult when the parents are far away and you don't know if, you know, they're getting the attention or, or visitation. And this is an amazing group that's put together uh, a, a number of volunteers that actually service the seniors in the Orlando area and go out and, and on a regular basis, uh, you know, pay visits and, They've got a terrific fundraiser, and the executive director of this organization, Ken Davis, is on the line with us right now to tell us about this event. Hi, Ken, and welcome to the show. Hi, Holly. Thank you so much. And, and let me just correct you. I'm, I'm not the executive director of the Jewish Pavilion. I just happen to be one of the co-chairmen of the, uh, the golf outing uh, as a volunteer. Nancy Luden is the actual uh, director uh, executive director of that. But thank you anyway. I appreciate the promotion. Oh, you're very welcome. So uh, this this is going to be a, an event on Sunday. So that's, uh, you know, extra special. A lot of times we have to, you know, take a few few hours off of work to play in these charity events. But this is, uh, this is a great one, a shotgun at 830. And, you know, Alaka right. Country Club, one of our best. And, and tell us what the funds are, are going to go towards. Okay, okay. Um, first of all, this is, we're raising money for the Orlando Senior Help Desk. That's a division of the Jewish Pavilion, and where we're basically, um, it, it's uh, manned, uh, I guess I shouldn't say man, woman by uh, uh, Emily Newman, who is in charge of this. She's our senior uh, resource specialist. And uh, what, it, what we try to provide for the community is helping families, 
answer questions of um, you know making choices as their parents or themselves grow older um, but you know and they're really just uh, to be there to hold their hand and to assist them in all the challenges that uh, we have with aging and this is a this is a special part of the Jewish pavilion is is, is the two organizations yes. are are uh, assisting each other Yes, yeah. Like I said, this is uh, just one of the divisions of the uh, Jewish Pavilion. Uh, we help people of all faiths. It's not uh, necessarily just for Jewish. Uh, and this is where um, we're trying to help people who have questions with, you know, about assisted living or skilled nursing, uh, to answer questions about uh, Medicare and how in maybe insurances. Uh, there, Emily is there uh, full time. Uh, to answer any questions, to give guidance to people who maybe just don't know, um, you know, what is available to them out there and what they need to do. Well, that's absolutely so needed. Uh, again, yeah. it's called Orlando's Senior Help Desk. I think it's a, a brilliant idea. And uh, tell me how, I, I know you're probably looking for some sponsors to support your tournament as well as uh, players, I w- right? You've still got plenty of room well, for, for players? Well, actually, um, it, 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 I must admit, we are full, full with our players. We are at the maximum limit already with, with our players, which is, uh, I just want to thank everybody who, who is there. Um, I mean, I wish we had a, a place. Alquah Country Club has done a phenomenal job for us. So, but this would be the third year that we're out there. Uh, and due to size and space restrictions or whatever, we've met our maximum. Uh, we have 88 golfers that are coming out. Uh, we have a number of uh, people who have uh, have graciously given us money for our ad book. We put out a beautiful ad book uh, advertising the program and um, thanking our sponsors uh, as well as whole signs. Uh, but yes, it's n- it's never too late to make a nice contribution of any kind to us. Uh, we're um, uh, always in need of uh, more money to help us grow. Uh, the help desk, and to be able to provide more and more services uh, to the seniors. Absolutely. Well, and as you were mentioning, this is something that that contributes to all faiths. And if people are looking to find out more about the services you offer, this tremendous volunteer uh, service, it's Mm -hmm. Orlando's Senior Help Desk. Is there a phone number as well as a website? Yes, there is. Uh, the phone number is 407-678-9363. And like I mentioned, Emily Newman is our senior resource specialist. Um, you can also like us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com pages slash Orlando's, and that's plural, dash senior dash help dash desk. <laughs> All right. Kind of long. And and naturally on our website at Orlando Senior dot org. Well, fantastic. Well, Ken, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us, this tremendous organization. Good luck with your tournament on Sunday, May third. And if anybody is uh, listening and wants to learn more, you can go to the also the Jewish dot org. That's Jewish dot org yeah. to, to learn more about this uh, amazing Orlando Senior Help Desk, and good luck. Hope you have a great tournament and great weather, Ken. Thank you so much, Holly. We really do appreciate you giving us this time. You got it.
All right. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740, the game with Jeff Shane in the house. We've got more golf talk coming up next. Stay with us. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with my special co-host tonight from PGATour.com, Jeff Shane. Golf clap, golf clap. Bringing the old uh, right-hander. Uh, little little uh, bullpen duty here. So <laughs> use all the baseball terminology I can come up with in 30 seconds. And... Um, PGATour.com, Jeff. Such a great website. So much cool content on there. We get the Champions Tour and the Web.com Tour. And PGA Tour Latin America and PGA Tour Canada and PGA Tour China. Uh, the, the brand is obviously just mushrooming. And uh, really, for all of those... All of those entities, really, you can find any any of the uh, developmental tours or, or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, except you know, the, except for the LPGA and the European Tour and the LET, which have their own websites. But uh, for the PGA Tour and everything that feeds into it, um, it's a it's one stop shopping, and uh, they've really done a, a good job as far as uh, trying to. Uh, bring everything under one umbrella and, and let you find what you need. It, it's easy when I prepare things, uh, uh, whether it's for tour.com or, or for some of the other work that I do, if I need to jump over and find something on the champions tour, I don't have to change websites. <laughs> yeah. And I love following the real time scores, uh, mm-hmm. you know, during the tournaments, uh, especially on Sunday um, for some listeners who may not know, you were a golf writer here at the Orlando Sentinel before they so stupidly got rid of you. You know I go on that rant every time I, I have you in the studio. And I uh, have been a longtime sports writer. You were down in uh, the Miami area. Twelve years in, in Miami, uh, ten of which was uh, covering golf, and then uh, moved up here to take the, the golf writer's job here as, as the last, I suppose full-time golf writer for the Orlando Sentinels. Uh, so I guess that's good and bad. But, uh, hey, the, the industry changes. And, and just as we're talking about PGATour.com, there's so many uh, different different uh, entities where you can get things on the web. It, it's been hard on the newspaper industry. And those of us that grew up, cut our teeth, built our careers on the newspaper industry. But, uh, you know, there, there are other places to go. In fact, we were talking about it out, outside uh, you know, I've started to take a little um, uh, role with uh, an, an, a we- another website uh, called Prime Sports Network, which uh, makes available a lot of on-demand audio. Uh, they cover all sports. Uh, I'm their golf analyst, and recently, uh, in an attempt to upgrade uh, the, the the website, I'm now their managing editor. So all the written stuff that ever goes on that website generally goes through my eyes, and so uh, I. I Go take a look at it at primesportsnetwork.com. Uh, we're actually going to do our weekly golf podcast tonight, uh, Prime Sports Golf. I'm going to do it at 8 o'clock, and you can listen live at primesportsnetwork.com or 
uh, tune in later, and, and it will be uh, available on demand uh, within a couple hours after we finish the show. Just like the Golf Insiders. You can listen to us live from anywhere <laughs> if you go to thegolfinsiders.com. So b- back to this big win at uh, the RBC in Harbortown, which is one of my favorite places. It was one of the first places uh, I went on a golf vacation and <laughs> got to play and uh, see the Calabogie Sound and First place, I think I broke 80 when I was about mm. 12 years old. So I have a lot of good memories of of uh, the, the heritage in Harbortown. But this was quite a win for Jim Furyk. Um, you know, as we were talking, it's hard to believe that it's his 17th victory, that his only major was in 2003, the U.S. Open. And, of course, we know about the um, unfortunate uh finish at the Olympic Club in 2012 when he lost to Webb Simpson um, had kind of that, you know, anomaly of a, of a pulled three wood on the 16th hole. Yeah, right. And, and the USGA kind of double crossed him, not not intentionally or, or anything like that. But but for those that remember the 2012 Open Sunday at Olympic Club, they moved the tee way up on 16 and the, the thing that I love about Mike Davis is that he's going to make the best golfers in the world think about what they're doing every shot, every day. And this was part of the plan that uh, it was still going to be a par five. It was going to be a much shorter par five. The landing area was going to be completely different. And Jim, as you say, pull hooked that, that, that three wood uh, into the trees. And he admitted later, and this is the great thing about Jim Furyk's honesty, <laughs> even if he's trying to put on the stiff upper lip, he admitted that when he saw where that tee was, he did not know what to do. He had not planned for that. He had not heard any word from the early groups that, hey, the tee's been moved way up on 16, be ready for that. And when he got there, he had a blank. And uh, it was enough to rattle him to the point where, obviously, he made... Uh, a very unsure swing, and that swing there, then the double bogey that followed, that I believe that truly cost him a second major. And a very, you know, just random swing. I mean, you know, this isn't the kind of stuff you see Jim do. You know, he he doesn't just kind of let one fly out of nowhere. You know, he's got a very, for the most part, predictable golf game, I think, and, uh, you know, doesn't kind of get too hot or too cold, sort of a steady eddie. Um, but, you know, it was really just, a, 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 you know, it was just a heartbreaking yeah. loss. One of the straightest shooters on, on the PGA Tour, which is which is why Harbortown uh, and, and Valspar, where he has won uh, at Innisbrook, those courses fit him so well because you have to drive it straight. You don't have to be a power player. You have to be accurate with your irons and, and putt reasonably well. He... he admits that he is at a disadvantage when he goes to the wide open spaces like like we will see this week you know at the Zurich Classic uh, TPC Louisiana's wide open uh the rough will be up a little bit this year but but it's a bomber's course and and players like Furyk don't fare that well and so he schedules his tournaments around all of those he wants to play Innisbrook he wants to play the Hilton tighter Head. the better absolutely yeah visual guy <laughs> Well, you know, the last couple of years, he, I mean, he has just been so close. Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how many top tens and, and uh, you know, second place finishes. And as somebody uh, said, you know, that's, that's a lot of hard Sunday nights to 
um, go to sleep on. And, you know, we often talk about just how difficult it is to win out there. And here's a guy that's, you know, 17 wins and one major championship. But also, again, as the players often talk about how tough it is to get the job done and and win out there. Especially now. He's 45. (laughs) I knew he was in his 40s. I I guess I didn't have all of of those years on him. I thought he was closer to 41 or 42, but... uh, uh, it is hard. It is extremely hard to, to win out there. And um, I think it's getting tougher. We look at the top 10 players in the world, and there are so many now, the, the Jordan Spieths and, and Rory McElroys and, and Patrick Reeds, they're all under 30. And so you've got a guy like Jim Furyk who has really had to work hard for everything that he's, that he's done. And uh, those opportunities to win are fewer and, and, and further between. And I think as the close calls were starting to pile up on him, I, I think the frustration absolutely had to be there. And, you know, I don't, I don't know that I'd necessarily want to, I'm not that, not that Jim would destroy a hotel room, but he might break something on Sunday night. <laughs> well, you mentioned Jordan Spieth playing a week after winning the Masters. Uh, hats off to Jordan for keeping that commitment and contending after a second round, 62. <laughs> and, uh, oh, poor Jordan, only tied for 11th. Um, we're going to see a lot of this. Uh, <laughs> and I suppose that speaks to the fact that Jordan is 21 when he can go out and do the 40 interviews or whatever that he did between Sunday night at Augusta and Thursday morning on Hilton Head. He, uh, he must have a portable Keurig he carries in his golf bag. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, obviously, and he admitted, he admits that you know he was out of gas come Thursday. Oh, understandable. But all of a sudden, Friday, hello, Jordan, welcome back, and uh, put himself right back in the mix. And uh, I've said it before. I think I think we spoke about it the day after the Masters when the rain was beating down on the top of my car. But uh, he is. Probably, I, I believe anyway, the best golfer in the world for the last six or seven months. If you go back to what he did, winning in Australia, losing a playoff in Japan, winning the Hero World Challenge here, those were in three consecutive weeks on three different continents. And he won by ton, 10 shots here. Yes. You know, at Isleworth. And a lot of people say, oh, it was a limited field. No, it was the best players in, in the world. Uh, this was not a lightweight field. And, you know, Isleworth is not an easy track by any means. No, not at all. And he and, smoked it. <laughs> it's the second time he did that. Remember that uh, w- during that brief semester that he was a student at the University of Texas, he won the Isleworth Collegiate here. So um, if they ever decide to, you know, put a silly season event here full time, uh, Jordan Spieth could you know, become the Fred Couples of his generation. Well, we're going to have a, a lot of fun watching uh, Jordan, especially as we get to the second major. And we've got a lot more golf talk coming up. We've got Damon Hack from the Golf Channel up next. Stay with us. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble. Won't pay the price. I love my muni. I think it's nice. It's good to just make the Golf Insiders 
taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with my special guest caddy tonight, Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. Always good to have you in the house, Jeff. Glad glad to be here. Not not quite the caddy that Michael Greller uh, is right now. Uh, Talk about uh, finding a bag. Ka-ching, (laughs) ka-ching. I mean, you talk about a pay raise from... uh, Elementary school. Element, I, or, or, he was a math teacher, which me, makes me think that he, it had to be middle school middle or school. high school. Yeah, middle school. And uh, not that the world doesn't need math teachers, but his math got a whole lot better when Jordan Spieth hired him. Yeah, no doubt. And I think he's gotten pretty good at helping his pro <laughs> dial into those numbers, too. Yeah. But, hey, we got a very special guest coming up next. He is one of the busiest guys in the media biz, a uh, former golf writer for the New York Times and Sports Illustrated and co-host of Golf Channel's Morning Drive, one of my favorite shows. Yes, I'm the ultimate golf woman geek. (laughs) Damon Hack with us. Hey, Damon. Hey, good evening, Holly G. and Jeff Shane. What's going on, guys? Oh, wow. We were talking a little bit about Jim Furyk's big win, and um, I know that you happen to be up at his um, Furick and Friends charity event up in Ponte Vedra, which he had to quickly get out of uh, Harbor Town uh, after the Heritage win and and host that on Monday. Yeah, I tell you what, Jim was in a great mood. Can you imagine how he lost that playoff uh, to Kevin Bisner? All due respect, I mean that would have been an awkward, you know, charity event. At least for me, and I teased you about that because obviously he'd waited four and a half years between wins. Uh, last win was 2010 when he closed out the Tour Championship in the FedEx Cup. He had all these close calls. Sometimes he played well. Sometimes he played poorly. So I, uh, I teased him a little bit. I said, you know, Jim, I've been practicing all week. Uh, a 16-time PGA Tour winner, 16-time PGA Tour winner. So I had to change my script to 17-time PGA Tour winner on Sunday night. But uh, I was happy for him. And he was floating around Ponte Vedra after that big win. And they had some uh, a lot of a uh, lot of his buddies were there, right? A great great turnout for the event. Yeah, yeah. You had the uh, Colt Ford from country music and rap fame. You had uh, Ricky Fowler, Billy Horschel, Zach Johnson, Lynn Swan, Jerome Bettis, uh, John Starks from the Knicks. On and on it went. And Jim really attracts a lot of people, and uh, they like what he stands for. He and his wife Tabitha. Uh, have gone to Jacksonville and really made it their own home and, and have contributed mightily to to uh, causes that help women and children and the military. And he's really uh, a beloved athlete in that area. And his, uh, his reach transcends golf. Yeah, quite the stand-up guy. Uh, speaking of country music, how about Jordan Spieth's little guest appearance on the ACM Awards Sunday in the in the big Dallas uh, Cowboy Stadium? I don't know that a that a green jacket uh, ever looked so um, out of place at, <laughs> amongst country music singers. Well, I guess but he wore it well. Can, yeah, Mickelson can take his to Dunkin' Donuts drive-through, and then Jordan Spieth can take his to Country Music Awards. That's I tell you what, he's uh, he wears it well, even though he's 21 and you know should be graduating from the University of Texas right now. He's uh, he's uh, obviously precocious and wise beyond his years, and probably the first of many green jackets and the first of many major championships uh, to go from being uh, a runner-up a year ago to winning it to having trouble closing out tournaments for a bit of stretch to absolutely becoming a closer. 
and to do it so young, to seek the counsel of Ben Crenshaw and Tom Watson and Carl Jackson and Brandel Chambly and, and anyone older than him, he just, it just tells me that he knows he doesn't know all the answers. And I'm sure even though he has his first major, still doesn't think he knows all the answers. We're talking to Damon Hack from the Golf Channel. You were uh, you were talking about how he should be graduating from the University of Texas, and it made me start to think about just the number of players who would be, you know, the class of 2015 that are that are starting to make a little noise on, on the PGA Tour. Not only Spieth, obviously he's head and shoulders above above the rest, but uh, isn't Justin Thomas part of that Correct. group? Isn't Daniel yeah. Berger part of that group? And uh, there's probably right. a couple more that I'm not thinking of right away. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess Ollie Schneider James is the one who stayed uh, in school, though he's going to be coming out of Georgia Tech and is expected to kind of find his, his feet just like Jordan Speed and, and some of these youngsters have. Justin Thomas is – love seeing the old pictures of Justin and Jordan, you know, back when they were 12 and – you know, when the clothes didn't quite fit him so good, baggy shirts, baggy pants, and the <laughs> and the hat just looks a little too big. But the game doesn't doesn't appear too big for these guys. And I think when you see young players have success like Rory and Brooks Kepka and, and Jordan and, and Justin with all the top tens he has, I think this generation is going to beat off, you know, itself and beat off each other. And, and they'll push each other to do great things. And you know, this generation's been so defined by Tiger and where's Tiger and is he going to ever get back to where he was? And part of the reason why I think the answer to that question is no is because these youngsters just aren't scared of him. And, and you know, Tiger has to get back to, to playing great golf and he showed some flashes at the Masters, but he's got to contend with this 20-something generation that's not going to get Patrick Reed as well. These guys are tough and they're unafraid. No, very definitely so. And I, I think, as you said, when one wins... Uh, and especially now that Jordan has become the first of that group to win a major, ever all of his peers are looking at him say, I used to beat that guy. I can do this, too. <laughs> oh, totally. I, I got a text, uh, a tweet from Grayson Murray, um, who is a young player who's bounced around the colleges a little bit. Now he's out west of Arizona State. I did a story on Jordan when Jordan was 16 years old. I just, you know, contended. At the Byron Nelson, so for Sports Illustrated, I went out to cover his next tournament. He went from the Byron Nelson to an AJGA Thunderbirds event out in uh, Arizona, and Grayson, after Jordan won to John Deere, said, well, that, that tournament in Arizona was the last time I beat him. And since then, Jordan had his number and, of course, kept climbing the ranks, you know, the two USGA junior titles that he won, leading Texas to a national championship winning as a 19-year-old on the PGA Tour, making a Ryder Cup and President's Cup team as he had. And now he just looks like he just belongs. He, and nothing, he doesn't look out of place at all. He's, he's, he's accumulated so much knowledge and so much comfort faster than so many players before him. And that's what makes him stand out. That's why people are saying, well, wow, Tiger won a green jacket at 21, and now Jordan has it, and Tiger's the scoring record almost broken. So I'm not saying Jordan Smith's going to have a Tiger Woods-like career, but it does tell you that he's special that he's a little bit different than maybe all the rest. Absolutely. Yeah, and he, uh, I I kind of uh, compared him to the Bobby Fischer of golf. I mean, the way he has taken in all this information and processed it and gone to, you know, so many of the, the great champions and been able to take that second place finish, his first Masters, his first four rounds of play at Augusta, Damon, and then, you know, turn that into a win after eight rounds. I mean, you know, that's that's crazy great. It really is. And when you look at the history of the tournament, uh, you know, our generation, Tiger and Phil, 
previous generations, you know, Seve Ballesteros, uh, Jack Nicklaus, I think, is an underrated savant. That golf course favors folks that have incredible imaginations and, and can do things that other players can't do. You know, for, for Jack, you know, it was the powering shot. For Seve, he was scrambling. For, for Phil and Tiger, it's been, it's been short game and power. And, and I think for, for Speed, he doesn't overpower golf courses, but man, can he, can he make, you know, pars and birdies out of, out of bogeys and double bogeys better than anybody I've ever seen. It's just remarkable. That Saturday up and down on 18 on the 54th hole uh, to, to keep his lead uh, and make a, make a par as opposed to a bogey, that up and down from the right, that had a five written on all over it and possibly a six. He, he is such a special player when it comes to getting pitches and chips and making that 10-footer, that 8-footer to keep around together. He does it as well as anybody on the PGA Tour right now. Yeah, and I, I think he was, you know, maybe not getting – his game was not getting quite the credit it was due, uh, you know, as not being quite as flashy or, you know, the fact that maybe it's just that so much of his, so many parts of his game are so solid that maybe, you know, no, nothing in particular stands out. But my gosh, if you watch the Valspar finish and the way he came down the snake pit on 16, 17, 18 to, you know, to win that tournament, Damon, and just like you're saying, I mean, this, guy, this, this guy's got game. He's got game and he's got guts, and it's a really neat combination. And he's not afraid of the moment. He's not afraid of of, of competition. He thrives in it. He wants confrontation. Uh, he believes he's going to find a way to get the ball in the hole before his opponent. I think that's why you saw him and Patrick Reed being kind of similar in their success at the Ryder Cup. They were terrific partners together. They're both kind of confrontational players, and, and they're not afraid. They believe in their gifts and. I've talked to some tour, uh, some teachers, some teaching pros about Jordan, and yeah, his footwork may not be traditional. His left elbow is bowed at impact. His finger flies off of the golf club at the top. There, there are all these things that, if you look at it, you know, just by itself, you say, well, well, I would fix this. I wouldn't do that. I'd have him do this instead. I'd have him hold the club this way. And, and but for the most part, you're, you're not touching what he does because it works for Jordan's speed. And he may get a little bit crooked off the tee sometimes, and and may have to scramble, but, but the, whatever formula he has right now, it may not be a textbook golf swing, but, man, does he look like the real deal in the, in the total package. And listen to, listen to this, Damon Hack. He's sounding, he sounding like a scratch golfer these days, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's well, I'm, all... I'm talking to other scratch golfers about, about speed. I'm still, I am down from an 18 to a 16, though, so, you know, I've, since I've moved from New York to Florida, you know, despite chasing the boys around, uh, I have lowered my handicap by two, and now that the boys are starting to play golf, maybe I'll even get a little bit better because I'll be hanging out with them hitting balls. That's awesome. Well, David, we always appreciate you spending some time with us. We love Morning Drive. You guys were up at uh, French Lick also on Monday. You're keeping busy out on the road uh, pr- promoting the uh, senior uh, PGA Championship. What's coming up next that we can be looking for this week? Yeah, a lot of Zurich Classic coverage this week. We're all looking forward to that. Charlie Reimer and Jim Gallagher Jr., Matt Janella are there. We're looking forward to the match play out in Harding Park. And also, of course, this weekend, speaking of the Bay Area, uh, Swing and Sturts uh, LPGA Classic. And the LPGA has been fascinating, I think, for a year and a half. And Lydia Coe defends her title there. So between Spieth and Tiger playing well, uh, number one Lydia Coe, who turns 18 on Friday, uh, the game feels still in a pretty special, solid place right now, at least for the moment. Things feel like they have some good momentum. That's right, and we're uh, very lucky to uh, be inside the ropes and be part of this great game. Thanks, Damon, for spending some time with us.
Thanks, Holly G and Jeff. Have a great night. All you right. Too. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. We've got more golf talk coming up. Stay with us. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean. We're back with Golf Insiders. Wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Howie G, along with my guest caddy, Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. I always wonder, you, you, you talk about intelligent golf talk and then you introduce me. So I'm not hey, sure that fits. We are so lucky to have you in the house tonight. So lucky to have you in Orlando and um, PGATour.com got a great get when the Orlando snapper <laughs> let you go <laughs> our esteemed newspaper so exciting couple of weeks coming up we've got the Zurich classic uh, of course in new orleans uh the big easy this weekend and then the world golf championships the cadillac match play which is uh in harding park in san francisco a great golf course and then it's time for the players back in the beautiful sunshine state <laughs> The first week of May, so, you know, we are just revving up here. Golf season, it, it took us a while to to kind of get into the groove, and we, we actually are lucky enough to get into the groove a little bit earlier than the rest of the country because we have the Florida Swing to do that. But once you hit the Masters, the rest of the country realizes, and the weather's finally starting to cooperate, that uh, this is golf season, and there's a lot of good stuff going on. And a little tweak in the schedule, bringing the match play out of the West Coast Swing uh, and this is just a one-year stop in the week before the Players' Championship, and they're, they're taking it to Harding Park, which, as you mentioned, is a great golf course. The PGA Tour has invested a lot in bringing Harding Park back because it was kind of on uh, on life support there for a little while, but it's it's a great venue. It's where Ken Venturi grew up and, and learned his, his trade, and uh, it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays juxtaposed before the Players next year it will move back in the schedule to two weeks before the Masters. It will be the week after the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And as David Hack was mentioning, just great, great golf going on on all the tours. And, you know, for the last couple of weeks, we've had tremendous playoffs, not only in the PGA Tour, but um, hats off to Say Young Kim, who uh, not only chipped in to force a playoff at the Latte Championship in Hawaii, but she hold a fairway shot for Eagle to win. I mean, all world. Walk off. Don't use your putter. That's the way to win tournaments if you can find a way to do that. Well, <laughs> someone who keeps very busy and, uh, you know, it's it's. I've been trying to get her on the show for a month to wish her happy anniversary, happy 16th anniversary, Terry Purdom the publisher and queen bee of Florida Golf Central, now now Southern Golf Central. Congratulations. Thank you. We are having a blast with it, too. You know, we always covered stuff in the Southeast, and we always travel up there. Um, And there's so many tournaments, like, you you know, you guys were just talking about, we go from the players, we just had RBC up there, and um, there's so much play right in Southern areas that we cover i want to thank you guys though for fearlessly following us and this support and rich smith and the north florida pga for uh, and i map my golf for the cover this month 
And, Holly, if I can, I want to ask your listeners to cooperate with a couple of little Father's Day things we want to do. Send us pictures with your little siblings uh, that play, you know, prodigies and people that are playing with you. And then we'll, a little caption we want to put in our Father's Day issue coming up. So you want fathers to send in pictures with their kids playing golf. and Or, you know, fathers with their sons and or sons, you know, that want to... Maybe stepfathers. That's a big role. That's a big role to play. Absolutely. And also, Turf Life. I want to mention, you know, our launch. Uh, really thanking Mr. Jack, who's, you know, got the thanks to the Golf Course Superintendents Association campaign going. And, um, you know, the fact that we want to thank those guys and the agronomy specialists that make the courses so beautiful. And we've become like our, our turf life pride decal business is going off the hook so go to turflife.org if you want to order decals and uh, support the turf business and it's not just golf it's soccer and it's some other turf sports but the largest amount of turf of course the golf courses we're talking to but, um, terry purdom known to many of us as terry p the queen bee who for 16 <laughs> years has been publishing her amazing golf travel lifestyle magazine you cover more charity events than any publication on the planet, Terry. You just work your butt off. Uh, it's not easy we to put. It. It's my staff, too. You know? And, I mean, and Shannon. Shannon Coates, our, our, our oh wonderful Shannon. She can't, we couldn't, wouldn't want to do it without her. And everybody, you know, for 16 years that stood behind us, all the pro shops that have welcomed us in and given us ideas and feedback and, you know, nominated their favorite golf bachelors. We get a gorgeous Marine guy from Black Diamond this month, Eric, pictured with his mother. Um, our lovely car call comes from Lake Blackshear, where Brian Bowling is now. If everybody remembers him from being in Central 